this week on the Foul Language Podcast. Keep my name out your fucking mouth. This episode of the Foul Language Podcast is brought to you by Blowout Cards. Guys, this card shop is incredible. If you're into trading cards, sports cards, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Garbage Pail Kids, it doesn't matter what you like. Check out BlowoutCards.com for all of your trading card needs. This episode is brought to you by Shankit Golf. Do you ever see a fellow competitor on the course that completely sucks, but they're always surrounded by beautiful women out there? Well, more than likely, they went to ShankitGolf.com for their apparel needs. These guys offer extremely high-quality clothing, hats, beanies, bags, anything that will keep you looking sexy out on the course. Use code FOUL44 at checkout and receive 15% off your total order. Keep my eye on you out there and get to shankatgolf.com today. But yeah, nicotine, nicotine's not bad for you. I was telling you earlier uh, in the week about a guy named Andrew Huberman. Um, he, he is, he's a neuroscientist. And he says that nicotine is actually a, um, I forget the word that he used. It was a very, very intelligent word. Um, it's a nootropic is what it is. It, it, it increases brain function. Nicotine I can does. see that. Uh, Sarah says I always put this, I always put this in um, when I'm doing something serious. Like the first thing I got to do is get some nicotine. Going. Absolutely. Then John Daly said nicotine plus caffeine equals Protein? Protein. Is I think right? so, yeah. I think that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. That's going to be the new slogan for this show right here. And if you're new to this show, we are glad that you're here. My name is Austin Stanley. I am your host. Joining me, as always, my big brother, one of my best friends in this entire world, Mr. Alex Stanley. How's it going? Dude, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good. You look good over there. You look great yourself, sporting the, the fins. Oh, yeah. You know, coming off of a a loss, uh, we hope uh, Daywood Davis is, How is all he? right. Uh, he's out of the hospital. He was back with the team last I heard. Good. Um, so, Good. scary situation in the preseason game. You don't want to see that ever, especially not in a preseason game. No, and it, I guess it makes it worse to think that he probably wasn't going to make the team. Right. So he's got to go back to normal life. Right. Unless he's going to be on the the. Practice, practice squad, squad or something. I mean, he could get signed to another team, but that, it's kind of upsetting. I mean, it's upsetting no matter what, but it's upsetting to think he's got to go back to his life. And right, um, it, it's kind of sad. I mean, it. I don't know. It, it. It. Is it becoming the new normal? Like, and what's the deal? I. I don't know. Something's going on. It's. It's very strange. It's very to strange. cancel the games. No, 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 no. This this type of injury, like it's happening so much. Is it just what's going on? Is are are we entering an era where offense has become so important that we're not teaching kids how to play defense? Like oh, the proper and especially way? tackling. Right. That's a huge thing. Like, it, I mean, a good friend of ours. You know, his son uh, got hurt last year in a freak accident on the football field. I mean, he's fine. He's playing this. You know, I mean, it's such a violent sport, and if you don't have good technique, it's not like bowling. You have a bad technique, you're bowling, you go home. I right. mean, you get killed out on the football field if you don't know what you're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's... um Piss some bowlers off. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck I go through. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I <laughs> No, uh, I don't know. It's it's different. We got to we gotta do better, you know. We got to do better. Head up. 
Ask yeah, Ryan head up. That's I'm not being a dick about that. I'm saying ask Ryan Shazier if you should keep your head up for right. tackling. Huh? Right. Dude had his entire future ahead of him. It's a shame. No, uh, you're supporting the fans, though, coming off of, you know, we went, what, one and two in the preseason? So Yeah. Well, we only played, like, <laughs> yeah. like no time with the starters. Nine in. minutes total, Jacksonville's maybe. a good football team. Jacksonville's a very good football team. I've said yes. it. I've said it a bunch. If we're jumping right into the preseason, I mean, Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. Did you see it? That hookup's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be insane. Your wife is very upset right now. She is. She is very distraught. Um, we will get to fantasy. This is going to be a very fantasy-heavy episode. Um, we're going to get Final down to, into the, the down and dirty of the upcoming fantasy season because it's right around the corner. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to start right there with – the team that is kind of capturing the nation right now, the New York Jets, um, it it feels very strange right now. It feels like something big is on the horizon for Aaron Rodgers. Super Bowl. No, I'm not. I'm not calling it yet. I'm saying it feels good for me because I've always loved the guy. To to people finally coming around and seeing things my way. He was the golden boy for a little while, and then he's just been the black sheep. Right. But now it seems like everybody's coming around like, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, he really is. He's he's an asshole. He's just confident. He knows what he wants, and he goes and gets it. I mean, if that makes you an asshole, then call, sign me up. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think that's just the how everybody feels. He's an asshole, right? He's... He's what whatever it may be. I love him. I do too. He's got the whatever that thing is that all like that LeBron James has. Whatever it is that LeBron James, Aaron Rodgers has it. Brady. Jordan. Right. Bryant, Peyton Manning, Manning. All these guys. Without a doubt. Whatever that is, Aaron Rodgers has it. And I've loved him forever. I've always been a Rodgers fan too. Um and it's the discount double check. The discount double check. Yeah, and it's really cool to get to see a different side of Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee. Yeah. When you when you really because when you yeah. when you really get to kind of feel like you know him in a way, even though you don't, you know, you just see him through a screen or whatever. He's really a down to earth guy, and he's really simple. I feel like, and I thought it was going to clash in New York City with him. I thought it was going to be. You know, he's got to be the New York quarterback. He's got to be Joe Namath. And ability-wise, he can absolutely do that. But Ability-wise, he makes Joe Namath look like noisy. Dog shit. Like right. Dog shit. I mean, <laughs> right. Well, I think we've said it on here before. Joe Namath only ever threw for, what, 3,900 yards? Yeah. And that was the most, that, like, ever at that time. The most the ever for a Jet. Yeah. Ever. Okay, like, and I mean, in a single period. season up to this. In a single season, no Jet has hit 4,000 yards ever. Okay. Well, that record is about to be demolished he's he's feeling you can just tell he's always been cool and calm watching him but can't you tell watching hard knocks like he's just happy yeah i love yeah. what randall cobb said in that last episode he's like you know he's cool now yeah you all keep fucking up though and you're gonna see a different side of him you know? if anybody knows it's cobb oh yeah you know cobb's yeah. been there through it all but my question and it's not as much about the character of the person because I feel like we know who Aaron Rodgers is as a person, right? Yeah. Even though he's kind of sheltered it forever, you know, since he was with Danica Patrick, he's kind of been in the public eye, right? Yeah. So, but my question is... They would have made beautiful children. They would have, yeah. Um, little 
They would look just like Nicolas Cage. Uh, <laughs> no, my question is, how is he going to handle the media part of being a New York quarterback after a bad game? He's just going to tell him to fuck off. When he don't want to talk to him, he'll be there. When he wants to be, he'll be there. Well, you know how that'll be perceived by the public. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know exactly how it'll be received by the public. Well, I mean, I don't get that anyway. I mean, we take this shit way too serious, don't we? We do. It's like, I mean, you want a guy to come out and give you a good interview after he just lost a game like, these are competitors. They're not gonna. They're not gonna come out. That's not their job. Their right. job's not to come out and give you a good quote. I mean, he is what he is. New York fans, you're gonna love him at moments. You're gonna hate him at moments. But you know what? You got. I'm gonna say it again. Top five quarterback of all time. People don't argue that fact. I, I've been saying that, throwing that out there, like more. Trying to get people to argue with me. And I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody will. I mean, the I most, could, I the could most sit here arguments and bring it down. I have is he's a top ten quarterback, but not a top five quarterback. I'm like, okay, well then tell me what quarterbacks you would have ahead of him. Right. Brady, Montana. Right. Manning. Yes. Um, Brady, Montana. See, that's where it gets Manning. sticky. Go ahead and put another one ahead of him. I. I mean. And we're not talking about Super Bowl. If we're not talking about rings, then Marino's ahead of him. Marino would be ahead of him. We're not talking. I mean, we're talking about if you want to throw Super Bowls into it. This is where you get in the argument, like, okay, we got to put Terry Bradshaw up there. Well, Terry Bradshaw wasn't right, you know. But you know, you put you put Marino in there, Brady, Montana, Marino, Brady, Montana. The, the close. I mean, Manning. He's better than Breeze was. He's better than Elway was. He's better than Steve Young was. I mean, what you go back to Unitas? You want to compare Aaron Rodgers to I don't Johnny think, Unitas? I, there's no, there is no comparison when you're, and, and it's crazy because you know, a, a lot of people I have heard say that Marino is the greatest pure passer of all time. Just the, his release is so fast. They said that you know receivers had to wear two pairs of gloves because you know he threw the ball so hard, yeah. right? But it just when we're talking about pure passers, it's watching him play his art. I mean, it's oh the he, deep ball is the greatest deep ball of all time. I've said this before. I've seen that man make throws that I don't believe any other quarterback could have made. Like, I mean, just unbelievable. And stuff you've seen on Hard Knock, stuff we've already seen. The touchdown to Garrett Wilson, like. Yeah, it's going to be did, scary. Did you see how he threw that? He was leaning forward when he threw that ball. And, it, I mean, it was perfect. Like. Most guys can't put that put that throw where he put it with perfect footwork, planted, throwing it, you know, perfect timing. He does that shit just on the fly. Right. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I loved in the first episode of Hard Knocks, I know we've already talked about it, but, you know, when the defensive coordinator is addressing the team and he's, he's showing the film from, from practice and everything, and Aunt Rogers made a ridiculous throw. Maybe it was a no-look throw or whatever, and he's looking at the defense. It was he's a like, cross-body back shoulder. Okay, so there you go. He's <laughs> like, he's like he's ours. That's yeah, our fucking our quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. That It's got to be taking the whole city over, right? Mm-hmm. It's Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. It's It's polarizing. It really is. And it's, you know, it's been easy to cover it the whole offseason because it's such a big thing, right? I mean, Leaving Green Bay after his entire career, coming in, doing what he'd done for Green Bay, 
moving to a big city like this with all this young talent around him, bringing in everybody, his guys, bringing in Cobb, bringing in Lazard, all these guys, and then they go and sign Dalvin Cook. So this is not only, I mean, this is, this is a great offense. This is a fantastic offense. And Brees Hall, I don't care that he had an ACL injury. How bad does the Corey Davis retirement hurt him? I don't think that was their number two wide receiver. No, Alan Alan Lazard came in and was the number two wide receiver there. Forget how good Corey Davis was two years ago. He was good. But Rodgers didn't know Corey Davis. Well, do you know how big trust is? You heard Cobb say it. If he don't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. ball. He's not even going to look at you. Right. I mean, he Randall Cobb. I thought that I thought that spoke a lot about Randall Cobb. How he's already the leader of that wide receiver group. Yeah. He's not the number one guy there, but he is addressing the entire receiving room, saying twelve. I thought it was funny. He said twelve. Oh, I mean eight. Told yeah. me, which was fine. I just done it yeah. too. But he told me he was like, you know. He said that there was a lot of mistakes out of this room today. We got to pick it up. You got to catch the ball because if he doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. Yeah, and and it's like you got a guy like Cobb in there who is has done it with him at a high level for so long. He knows what he likes. He knows what he expects. A lot of young guys on this team. Even Alan Lazard's young still. Yeah. McCole Hardman's still McCole young. Hardman's young, and you know I think. An underrated part of this offense is also going to be C.J. Ozama. I agree 100%. That has, I mean, what other tight end is the, I mean, Big Dog. And, and did he play with Jermichael Finley at all? Did Rodgers ever play with, because that hookup would have been ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, Big Dog is, is Big Dog's the best uh, tight end he's ever had. Yeah. And, I mean, no offense to Big Bob Tanyan up there. <laughs> But he just never he just never done it, you know. So Uzama's the best tight end he's probably ever played with. Uh, I think that this offense as a whole, if it comes together, and that's an if. And I mean, the Jets have a history of blowing it. I mean, let's just be honest. But if it comes together, these guys are able to get some trust. With Rodgers, if Dalvin Cook's able to come in and stay healthy, Brees Hall stays healthy, Garrett Wilson stays healthy, the defense has got some dogs on that defense. It's going to be ridiculous. they got some dudes, man. But what's the biggest question surrounding this team? We both know it. The offensive line. line. There's no no question about it. Yeah, they got to keep him upright. If he doesn't, if he's not, if he can't get rid of the ball, I mean, there's. There's some good defense. There's, AFC East think that. about every defense in that AFC East. Every single one of them. Buffalo, great defense. New England, fantastic defense. Miami, could be the best defense in the league. Yeah. The Jets, could be the best defense in the league. Yeah. It's insane. There's your wife. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Ashley. Making a in the, stop into the foul in language the studio. foul language studio. Kudos. Good job on the recreation of the studio thank you i appreciate does it flow well Flows. it feels pretty good don't good it vibes. yeah i got you the pc going over there oh, you yeah. liking it i'm high tech now. yeah oh yeah you're up and going up and going no it's it's going to be exciting to see what is produced from that squad up there in new york but moving on we had one of the best quotes and it seems to be a quote that is sweeping the nation and i loved it i loved everything about it I would just like to 
kind of get your opinion on it. We heard this week Tua Tagovailoa, that Hawaiian beautiful man, tell Ryan Clark, keep my name out your fucking mouth. Yeah. And I loved it. I think, uh, you know, hard dog Tua is going to wreck the internet before it's said and done. I think he is. He's going to bring X is going to explode. Yeah. X is going to be, by the time this season's over. I was thinking DMX. DMX, <coughs> where my dog's at. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be, I, well, this is me being a hopeful Dolphins fan for the first time in a while. I've tried to, I, you know, I've kept my fandom to a minimum, you know, for as long as I can. But it's time to bring out the hope. It's time to really talk, and Hope I want. Is I want a dangerous thing, my friend. I want to talk about the Dolphins situation for a minute. It's something as fans, you know, in this show that we don't really do it enough, and I feel like we kind of do that on purpose, don't you? I don't want people to think that we're we too biased, right? It, but it seems like there's a culture building in South Beach right now that everybody wants to be a part of, except for Dalvin Cook, apparently. Hey, it's a good time. It it feels we're past the point of hoping to win. We're expecting to win. Right. That's a big jump for any program or any any organization in, in sports, really. When you go from that jump to we hope we can win this game to we should win this game. We should, we should be that good. And we're there. I think there's a few teams like that. I mean, Jacksonville's like that now. Dolphins, you know, I mean – I don't think there's as big of a gap between the Dolphins to the or from the Bills to the Dolphins or the Chiefs to the Dolphins. These top, you know, echelon of teams in the NFL, there's just not that big much much big of a gap anymore. And when I look around the league at these other teams, I think yeah, we we can we can beat them. We can go to Cincinnati and beat Cincinnati. We can go to Buffalo and beat Buffalo. We can go to we can go to Germany and beat Kansas City. Right. Well, you look at it, it feels like when you're talking about a, a fully healthy squad, a fully healthy team, everybody is there. It feels like the most complete teams in the NFL right now are the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins on both sides of the ball. Offense, and I know you're you're doubting it a little bit. You don't think it's going to happen, but you put Jonathan Taylor on this offense. This is the best team in the NFL. And I don't think there's no question about it. Well, let's dive into that briefly. The reason I don't think it's going to happen, and I agree with you completely, you put Jonathan Taylor at that age on this team, how do you how do you even go about it? How do it's you even go about that point. defending that? And I hope it happens, but there's one drunken slob of a problem. That's standing in the way, and that's Jim Irsay. And I'll go ahead and say this to any Colts fans listening. Indianapolis will never be relevant again as long as Jim Irsay is there. They have to get him out. I don't believe he er – deep down, I don't believe he ever has any intentions of letting Jonathan Taylor get what he wants. He would rather Jonathan Taylor sit at home. That's my opinion. Well, you know, you remember the interview where he said, I'm going to play out my contract. This happened in April. Oh, yeah. So that interview happened from then to now. What has happened in that time, from what I understand, from my research, 
my sources, you could quote. Sources. My sources, sources tell me. <laughs> I'm not going to be one of those guys. I see those guys it's on Twitter all the time. <laughs> Your sources yeah. Zoltar. Yeah. No, so from what I hear, though, on different news outlets, sports news outlets, is from then to now, Jonathan Taylor has fired his agent, hired a new agent, and this past week what came out, I'm not sure if you heard this or not, but basically Jonathan Taylor fired his agent because he needed a, quote, bad guy. He's too nice to do this himself, so this is all coming from his agent. Every bit of it. He hired a new agent to get him a new deal, I guess. After he's going to get him a new deal. He says he is. So if you're, if you're Jim Irsay and you look at what the Raiders has done for Josh Jacobs, I think you have look to. Look at what the Giants done for Saquon. You, yeah, you have to say he's either going to set out, I'm going to have to pay him, or he's gone. Those are your three options. And at this point, if you're the Colts, why would you not? Why would you not? take Ursay's a hard hard headed. That's what I'm saying though. I but why like if somebody's gonna offer you a second and a third next year or a second and a third, well you know, whatever the package is, because they're not gonna get a first round pick. That's what the rumor is happen. that they are won't. That's, that's what it's first. From the beginning. And you know there's a trade there's a deadline on this Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So I feel like something's gonna happen tomorrow. Something has to happen tomorrow, whether it be they re sign him Maybe they just maybe maybe they just wanted to see what the offers were going to be to see if they can reach that. You know, maybe it's him saying, "Go, go seek a trade. See what you're worth. See what you're worth in the market, and we'll see what we can do." Well, I think what Chris Greer done is right. I mean, he don't want to bid against himself and say, "Oh, we're going to jump in and throw a first at you from the get go, and we could actually get you for a second and a third, or second right. and a fifth, whatever." I mean. Him on the Colts makes the Colts better. Him on the Dolphins makes them a Super Bowl winning team. There's Agreed. your difference. Agreed. So, what, I mean, what are you thinking realistically? What could Jonathan Taylor get in this market? When you're looking at Christian McCaffrey's, what, 13.5, 13.7, something like that. He could get a 11. Could he get 11? He could get 12. He could get what jo- he, he's similar to Josh Jacobs' age and things i think i think he could get 12 but i don't think it would be like a five year it'd be probably be a two maybe three year max deal right maybe like three year you know 25 million guaranteed 12 million a year uh, a bonus over thousand yards bonus over 12 touchdowns whatever right that's about what that's about what he's worth well it's going to be interesting um i'm glad we were able to start off with some afc east Talk there, even though we're bringing in some AFC South. Gonna the Colts be used to be in the AFC Do what? The Colts used to be in the AFC They did, East. yeah. Back when they were in, what, Baltimore? No, this is, when, this is like, the Colts have only been in the South since Houston's been in town. That's true, so 99. Yeah. yeah. I was three when that happened. It was a long time ago. It was. But, no, it's good, you know, the Jets, the Jets kind of get a lot of conversation going, especially with that AFC East, man, it's going to be. Wow. It's going to be a good division. We're knocking on the door. Knocking right on it. This is a paid advertisement by a non-attorney spokesperson. Do you need a lawyer in the District of Columbia? Well, the law office of MP Chapman PLLC will fight for your constitutional rights. 
As a member of the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, Matthew Chapman is prepared to fight for you. All initial consultations are free and payment plans are available. Call 276-492-0671. That is 276-492-0671. Need a lawyer in D.C.? Just call me. That is 276-492-0671. Speaking of knocking on the back door, the Swamp Kings documentary has dropped. Oh, boy. You think uh, Tim Tebow was ever knocking on the back door? You think he was, or do you think, do you think he was, is it possible that he made it into being the biggest athlete on the planet in Gainesville and State of Virgin? That's the biggest question I have from the Swamp Kings documentary. If, if he managed that and done exactly what he says he done and what everybody believes he done. He's he's such such a man. I I I mean there's no way. I mean, could you imagine the pressure he he would have had to have never went out, never went to a party, never consumed alcohol. I mean, he was probably worried about getting roofied. Probably women at that school were like trying to drop rohypnol on him like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, you know, have you seen the fingernail polish that you can put on and you dip it down your drink, and if there's rohypnol in your drink, it'll, it'll change, turn it'll a different turn color. A different color, like that. He's yeah. probably the guy that invented that. Probably. It's it's honestly a miracle if he made it if he made it through, and made it to marriage, a virgin. It's a miracle. It's. <laughs> I don't. I don't even because I can't fathom that. Like, it's so far-fetched for me to, to even consider this that it's, like, it's not even real. But he says he done it, and I mean, I mean his he, teammates he said, the documentary, they all believed it. Yeah, his teammates all said. He either had said, the Bible in his hand or the playbook exactly. in his hand. Well, let's dive he into this. He had to have a dick in his hand at some at point. At some point. There ain't no yeah. way. Yeah, like, he was beating the shit out of that thing. <laughs> he had to be. Yeah. He might have been thinking about football while he was doing it, but he's like John Madden in that one. Yeah. Just beating Football. Off. He just like it's why you know his workouts like he was just angry. He's like, I gotta get off. Like I can't stand this anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's dive into this thing because this was a great documentary. Did you enjoy it? I mean, I enjoyed it. It got me amped for football. Me it got too. me amped for college football, especially watching some of those Tebow highlights, man. And I asked you this earlier in the week, but I'll ask you again: Is Tim Tebow the best college quarterback of all time? I'll take it a step farther. Tim Tebow's the best collegiate football player that's ever played. Of, uh, of, of any all position. Reggie Bush, Vince Young, right? I mean, you, you put him up there, Michael Vick, you know, and you, you think, who's the best? Who was who personified college football? It's Tim Tebow. Yeah. I can't argue that. I mean, watching those highlights, you know, watching, because I remember watching some of those games, man. I did, too. It, it, it was amazing to think how important that was. Right. Because you, you watch it now or you watch the, the documentary with it and you're like, I remember that. Yeah. I remember when that happened. I can remember the Aaron Hernandez catch. Oh, yeah. In the end, like, yeah. just insane. I can remember the jump passes, every bit of it. The thing that got me about this documentary, though, the thing that I didn't like, and it might hurt some feelings if we got any Ohio State fans or Florida fans or potential Utah fans out we don't there. Want them. 
it, they did not make Urban Meyer look like the piece of shit that he actually is. They made it out like Urban Meyer was a victim of his own success. Right. Now, granted, he there's a lot of bad decisions made by a lot of those players. I mean, you look at Brandon Spikes; his entire career was written by by trouble. He, he you know, a lot of failed drug tests while he was in the NFL. He bounced around from, you know, he I think he only played six seasons and three seasons in Buffalo, three seasons in New England. So, right. you know, it wasn't a steady career. Now, granted, he's doing fine now. He has a, a CBD company. Yeah. You know, he's an entrepreneur. Same thing for Brandon Sealer. You know, Brandon Sealer runs this massive, he runs pro football focus, I think. Maybe it's not pro football focus, but it's pro, pro football talk or something like that. A big sports really? company. Yeah. So, these guys are doing great now, but in the time, you know, I feel like they didn't get real down into the nitty-gritty of what was going on there. There was so much dirty shit that went on. And I thought Paul Feinbaum, and you know I'm not a Paul Feinbaum guy, but I thought he'd done such a good job at being the only person that actually semi, and he didn't go full hog into it. Like, he just put the tip in, but he's like, he done the bare minimum to discipline his players. Right. Right. And that was kind of the statement like, okay, yeah, you're exactly right because we all know that. Like, Aaron Hernandez, they believe, killed some people while he was in Florida. The shooting at the nightclub. I mean, yeah. if you watch the Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez or whatever it was um, that came out a couple years ago, you already seen that he – he done it. He shot the guys. And even, like, I'm pretty sure Tebow was there that night. So Tebow knows what happened. He has to know. Right? Didn't you get that? I Didn't you, you kind of get that vibe be, from that? You can't be like Urban Meyer and rule with an iron fist and not know this shit's going on. Right. And I thought it was a good documentary to show SEC football, how it is down there in the south, here in the south. But let's let's tell let's tell it like it is. Trouble has followed Urban Meyer everywhere he's went. No everywhere that he's went. No doubt about it. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, what was going on in Utah? That's a good question. You know, what was going on there? I mean, the whole the I have to say, the whole untold series. They just knock it out of the park every single time. They do a time. very good job. A very good job. Every one that I've watched has been great. The Johnny Manziel one was great. But there was something about this one that... They held back. They held back. They held back. They did. I don't know if it was to get Urban Meyer on there to hear it from the horse's mouth and they didn't want to attack him too much. but And obviously it was in his words, and he's not going to damn himself. But I thought that, the, in my opinion, the... The quote or statement that was made in this documentary that just tells you everything you need to know about Urban Myers. He said, I hope to someday apologize for <laughs> for these things. It's like, but that's not today. No, it's that's definitely not, not going to happen today. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's in the first half. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to dwell on how big of a piece of shit he actually is, but, you know, you go back to when – Everything was going on with the wide receivers coach at Ohio State and how good Ohio State was then. 
it always kind of seems like it does come back to a disciplinary problem. He wants to win so bad that doesn't matter what you it do. doesn't matter what you do as long as you're on the field. You better perform, right, or you're done. But outside of that, as long as you perform, murder people, rape people, he doesn't care. Could you have made it through those workouts? Hell no. I mean, wasn't it a little stupid though? It's like training for war. No, you're training for football. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's just get that on the table first. But they were hardcore workouts. They were. One thing that I thought was great that Urban Meyer did, one a part of his culture that I do think was good, and it seemed like it goes against what exactly what we're saying, but there was a time when everybody was getting in so much trouble where he made them work out after midnight. That was a good idea. A great idea. Hold them responsible. Keep them from being out at that time. If you're going to be out, you're going to be working out. Yeah. Right? I thought that was great. And... He said the kid that he dismissed from the team for hitting his girlfriend was the reason he didn't dismiss anybody else because he said he took football away from this kid. I don't remember the kid's name. He took football away from him, and what, a year later, the kid was, was dead. I know, deed. Which is horrible. Terrible. And I can I can understand. I could see how that would. But you got to draw a line in the sand you somewhere. Do. You have to. I mean. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Hernandez Hernandez is killing people on Friday (laughs) night and catching game-winning touchdowns on Saturday. I mean, you're good and all, but let's take the murder down to a minimum, okay? I mean, 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 come on now. That's the least you can do. I tell you what, you're really good. I just got to ask one thing. Can we maybe murder less people? Less people. That's the one request I have. Hey, you know what? You want to go out and drink and drive going 180 down the interstate. You know what? That's fine. Let's just, you know, let's not take anybody out. Yeah. And we'll be fine. Yeah. Get in bar fight. Shoot your gun. Have a good time. Work out hard. Coke. Don't kill, don't kill anybody. Yeah. Do coke. Smoke do weed. Whatever you want to do. And you, you'll play on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. The swamp is... Uh, the swamp is a hell of a hell of a mean, isn't it? Like it's, I would love to go to a game it, there. You know, that, that's the thing too. People that that aren't from the South watch that, and they're probably like rolling their eyes, like, "Yeah, okay, come to USC, come to USC and see how football really is. Go to Ohio State and see how football really is." Like, no, you don't understand. No, you go don't to Neyland. Go yeah. to Neyland. You've been to Neyland. Oh yeah, Neyland is rough. Neyland's rough, and it gets loud in Neyland. I mean, Dude, you seen these... they were throwing bottles of mustard at, um, uh, what's his name? His name slipped my mind. Head coach of Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Jesus. I'm uh, supposed to be an Ole Miss fan. They, uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say football in the South is a religious experience, but it's pretty damn it's close. It's as close as you can get without going to church. Pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking, these people take football serious down here and in Gainesville I mean it's already known to be a party town as it is yeah right so it's just crazy to think about everything that was going on all at once you've got the biggest piece of shit and well you probably put Joe Paterno up there in that spot just Sandusky yeah obviously that whole but Urban Meyer's right there he's pretty damn close right no, you all of that going on, and then you've got Tim Tebow at quarterback, 
This is an amazing story. It was incredible. You've got, I mean, another electrifying college athlete in Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin, yeah. Unreal watching him play. Another career. It's amazing. As good as these guys were, none of them had good careers. None of them. For, for many different reasons. Yeah. Gage, who's not here tonight, had asked me, um, why didn't Tim, Tom, Tim, 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 Tobo, <laughs> Tim Tebow make it in the NFL? It's like, I can. I told him, I was like, I'm not going to answer that over the phone. I'm going to answer it on the podcast for you. So I'll answer it for him right now. Tim Tebow didn't make it in the NFL because of his throwing motion. Yep. That's, that's it was the, that's disgusting it. He to had watch. everything you could want. And a football player, a leader, a man, and he just couldn't throw that football. Yep. It really was. It was disgusting it was to ugly. watch. <laughs> it was yeah. so ugly. But, I mean, we've seen it. Was it 2015 when he came in and won that playoff game for Denver? I believe that's right. That was so electrifying. Man, wasn't it, though, watching it him was, run around? It was like watching him at Florida. He just he he had took command of that game. Yeah, he had that one moment in time. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to think you could, we were talking about him, the best college athlete to ever play yeah. in college in the NCAA. Just couldn't make it. That that goes to show you how good these guys are at the NFL, though, don't oh, it? Man. It's it's like you can go and and be this stud, and it's happened so many times in college football. You got a guy you're like, oh my god, he's good. He's so good. Then he gets to the NFL and he cannot do it. Yeah, look at Ryan Leaf. Yeah, prime example. Prime example. Matt Liner. Matt Liner. Vince Young. Yep. I mean, Vince Young was as good of an, a college athlete as there ever was. So did you watch the Johnny Manziel Untold? I did. I have a question about that, and we've talked about it a little bit on previous shows, I believe. But why, why was Johnny Manziel able to keep his Heisman, but Reggie Bush was not? The easiest answer I can give you is that Reggie Bush committed more crimes against the NCAA than Johnny Mansell did. And I got into this whole thing with one of my other friends the other day about where the NCAA is going. The NIL deals, the transfer portals, all these things, and he's old school, right? He's like, I don't like where the college football is going. I don't like it. I said, I, I agree. I don't like it either. The the reformation of the conferences, the super conferences that are getting made. But I'm telling you right now, the reason that this has happened is because of things like Reggie Bush. The NCAA had to hold on to everything that they could possibly have, and they wouldn't budge an inch. And all this that's happening is an overreaction to them ruling everything like they're the fucking czar of the world. And... All these things that might or might not be good for college football is you can lay it at the NCAA's feet. And the way they treated Reggie Bush, the way they treated teams like Ohio State in the past, Miami in the past, I mean, let's let's strip USC of 15 wins, Reggie Bush of his Heisman, for his mom getting a house right. that he was going to pay for anyway right. when he got in the NFL. Right. Let's do that. But we're not really going to do anything, you know, really bad to Urban Meyer when he's what he done in Ohio State. Right. It's not that big a deal. Right. Didn't really punish Penn State that bad. You know, it, it's their fault. 
it's it's their fault. This is an overreaction, you know, much like an election in the United States. You always have an overreaction. Americans overreact to everything. Well, the college football world is overreacting to the iron fist that call, that the NCAA has held on to this stuff with. You know, it it's kind of interesting to me to think about it in that perspective because you look at how much money Johnny Manziel made while he was in college. It was a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. I mean, he was talking about going on $5 million benders. Yeah. I mean, and everything that can, it, that that just puzzles me, you know. But it's a very good point, and and I'm glad you 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 really clarified that. Honestly, like that was that was great. All the because it it kind of when you think about it, it kind of pisses you off, don't it? It pisses you off because maybe the the SEC is soon going to be more powerful than than the NCAA. Who works for who? Right. Okay. Does the SEC with Texas? with Alabama, with Oklahoma, with Tennessee, with this conference. Georgia. Who works for who? Well, Who's calling the shots? If the NCAA says, NCAA says you're going to do this, it's just a fucking A I am. Look at how much money. Did you see that the rights, the money rights for the SEC is like $80 million per school or $90 million per school? Did you see what it was for the ACC? Forty. That's, well, see, that's the ACC. That's the thing. That's that's what uh, that's what the NCAA. I feel like has to be terrified of right now is if Apple gets involved in this, if Amazon gets involved in this. We've already got. You see what? Um, who is it that has the SEC right now? Is it CBS? Uh, yeah. So CBS is probably not. I mean, they're a big enough company. But that's the thing. When the NCAA is not needed, and you've got Amazon with an unlimited amount of money backing your conference that's going to go a lot farther than people realize the corporate money that's coming into college sports now with this nil is going to change the landscape of everything and it's already started there's two teams left in the pac-12 alex you said something very important there the corporate money the ncaa can't tell businesses corporations what they can do with their money they can't do it right so by them not allowing Reggie Bush, and this is one example, or allowing what's-his-face up in Ohio State to get a tattoo. Right. Or allowing Laramie Tunzel to, them to, oh, to pay his mother's electric bill. By them not allowing those things, they are going to lose everything. All of it. And they're the most corrupt organization Remember in Seinfeld, all Remember Seinfeld, uh, a kingdom for a nose. That's a right. kingdom for a nose. That's right. I mean, that's what it's like. They've They've... They've thrown it all away. Soon there will be no NCAA. It is, it's, it's within 10 years of being done. The SEC is the most powerful entity in college sports now, without a doubt. When, when Texas joins, Texas is the premier money-making machine in college football. When they go to the SEC and Alabama's second, the money Texas A&M has, think about it. It's done. Florida NCAA State they, has nothing. They'll get Florida State. Florida State will be a huge addition to they'll the SEC. They'll get Miami and they'll get they'll Clemson. They'll get Miami and they'll get Clemson. Maybe North Carolina. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Maryland, Maryland will. all the rest of the teams will go to the Big Ten. So you have the Big Ten. What does Notre Dame SEC. do in this situation? Can they afford Can they afford to stay independent See, at the, that point? The, the thing there with them is 
a lot of the TV rights, right? N- NBC right. owns the That's rights everything to, for Notre to the, Dame. all the Notre Dame stuff, but especially football. I don't know what they do. They have to join a conference. They won't join the SEC. They'll join the Big Ten. But then you look at it, you got, you, you'll have USC, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oregon. You'll have Washington. You'll have all those schools in one conference. One conference. The, the Pac-12 is done. Yeah, there's two teams left. And the ACC is going to be soon to follow. So, again, God knows they ain't listening because they think they're the smartest fuckers on the planet, but all of you people that's against this NIL deal, that's against this conference realignment, blame it on the NCAA. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's going to be wild to watch. It's going to be crazy to watch. Week zero started yesterday. USC looked fantastic. Caleb Williams, Heisman, Heisman. It's going to be give crazy. that boy the Heisman. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be insane. I mean, Drake May could make a charge. We'll see. We'll Bo see. Next. Don't forget about Bo, Bo next. next. Don't forget about Jordan Travis too. Don't forget about. Uh, I'm saying, if a boy up there in Ohio State goes for 20 touchdowns this year, I mean, Marvin Harrison Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to look good while he's doing it. He's going to look real good. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, before we get, uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to take a deep dive into fantasy football in this episode in just a few minutes. But we did something that I feel like has to be (laughs) talked about. We both watched Depp versus Herd on Netflix. And I just want to talk about this for a minute and get your opinion. Amber Turd. Amber Turd. When they were when they were chanting Amber Turd, I was dying laughing. Yeah, that was good. What did you think of that whole situation? Toxic relationships are a real thing. Yeah. They are a real thing. And you know, I I really wanted to have an opinion on it that wasn't just like right in the middle of like both these people are bad people, man. She's a psycho bitch, and he's just a drunken asshole. Yeah. I mean, that they are. And I thought it was illuminating that maybe people are catching on to how harmful TikTok actually is. So that was, that was nice to see. But it's like, you know, these are just terrible people. You shit on somebody's pillow. You really don't like them. <laughs> yeah, it's. You gotta be pissed <laughs> off to shit on somebody. <laughs> you, didn't you blame the dog? The dog's over in the corner, like, the fuck this bitch yeah, just saying. Like, what? <laughs> I, I just been, I just been hanging out. You blaming this shit on me? And that story couldn't have been told in a more hilarious fashion. A grumpy, left <laughs> a grumpy. No, somebody could drop a dumpy or a grumpy. <laughs> grumpy, a grumpy. I don't know. It just the whole. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, you think he kicked her on the plane? It seemed like he did. But you seen that the reason the judge threw that out and didn't allow it, and Matthew would be good to hear on this. But, right. Uh, the reason the judge threw it out is because the text and the it didn't pertain it, to the defamation. Well, no, but also the the text from the text messaging was in it a different been format. Altered it well. had been altered. That's right. Boy, she was crazy. What she, she was crazy. She crazy. was insane. I mean, now, and it was. They say a stiff dick has no conscience. Will some cunts have teeth? That's true. I'm just telling. <laughs> that is a 
Another fantastic saying by Alex Stanley. <laughs> We're going to put that one in the books for sure. <laughs> That's a good one. No, I, I mean, he he kind of took the wind out of her sails when he admitted to having an, an addiction to Roxycodone. And right. when he admitted to all that and he said, yeah, these pictures are of me and I was in a drunken stupor or I was high, you know, whatever it was, he kind of took the wind out of her sails. She had no argument there anymore because he admitted to it. Yes. And what got her to was saying, go ahead and tell the world that I, Johnny Depp, a man, I'm a victim of domestic abuse. Like, that's an impossibility. Yeah. Nobody would ever believe that. You know, did it... The payouts were very strange to me. You know, and the whole... Did you know that there actually is a difference in pledging and donating? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I knew that early on in life. Yeah. <laughs> Like you, 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 you tell your you tell your mortgage company you're like I'm pledging my payment <laughs> to you this month. <laughs> I'm pledging it to you, so just take that and put it in your pocket. <laughs> I don't know. It was such a strange situation. There was no reason like for a train wreck. To, there was no reason for that to be publicized the way it was. Why was it so publicized? Johnny Depp wanted it to. I think he realizes the only way to get his name cleared. I mean, we live in a time where, yes, you shouldn't blame a victim, and yes, if somebody says something that happened to him, you should take it seriously. But you can't ruin a person's life until you prove that what the victim is claiming actually happened. Right. And that's people are so quick to just jump and be like, well, she said it, it must have happened. Well, you know what? It it very well possibly did happen. Yeah. But you can't ruin someone's life until you can corroborate that. Yeah, I agree. I have a very strong opinion on that. I feel like, you know, people who falsely accuse someone of heinous crimes like that should be, I think they should be forced to serve jail time, just like if the person would have yeah, done it. if it's found that, that what you said is just a flat-out lie, you you need to be put in jail. 100%. You're, you're not only ruining somebody's life, you're wasting resources, time, the police and things. You're wasting everybody's time involved. Well, you you remember what happened with uh, in Baylor in 2012, I believe. Yeah. All the with was it the cheerleaders or the track it was team? Volleyball I just remember team. that Okafor kid. My he was God. he was going to be the number one overall pick. He was the best defensive player in the country. Yeah. And, you know, like three years after that, that was his senior year when he was playing so good for BYU. Or it was not BYU, Baylor. Baylor. Uh, when he was playing so good for him that year, he got in that trouble. And then, like, three years later, finally, it came out that it was all false. Ruined his career. Oh, yeah. He had an entire life of football ahead of him. Uh, Art Bryles losing his job was the right thing, though. Absolutely. You know, he didn't know it was fake. He just tried to cover it up. Right. So I mean, he he deserved to lose his job. But, you know, the that versus hurt thing, I think it, it shows a couple of things. It shows how bored we all are. Yeah. And no doubt it, about it. Shows, <laughs> <laughs> it shows that uh, this technology thing, man, we're headed down a rabbit hole that I don't know that we're ever going to get out of. It's scary, ain't it? It's scary. It's, it's scary. scary that 
people can affect our judicial system by the internet. It's scary, man. Yeah. But as publicized as that trial was, I mean, how can you expect an unsequestered jury to not as popular as it was then? It was it was everything. That's all anybody was talking about at oh, that yeah. time. I remember it just like it was yesterday. People, I know people that watched every minute of that trial. I know. Matthew was there. Yeah. Matthew was at the courthouse yeah. while it was going on. You know, so how do you expect that jury to not fi- get information about about it while they're outside of the trial? Like, how do you expect it to happen? You can't. You can't. You can't. And the misinformation, too, that yeah. they're getting. I mean, I know that term's thrown around a little bit loosely by all you liberals out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, misinformation is a, a real thing, and it, it is a bad thing. And I, I joke about the liberal thing. I don't give a fuck. If you're Greatest mugshot in history. <laughs> a Magnum. Should have been a Magnum. It's got to be an album cover. Dude, that is a great album. Great cover. album cover. Yeah. Without a doubt. Now, <laughs> I just felt like we needed to touch on the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing for a minute. Uh, but if you're ready to jump into some fantasy talk, we are fresh off of the co-ed naked fantasy football draft. And how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling good. I, I think it went well. We had a few hiccups, but uh, nothing that we can't overcome. But I think uh, probably the most surprising thing, let me pull it up here. No, I'll play Ashley first game of the year. Interesting. You know I play week one? Who? Todd. Mm. Shout out to our father who had a fantastic draft. Unbelievable draft, actually. Really well. Uh, oh, and I uh, also like to give a shout out to our brother, uh, a little puppy named Jax. He's uh, could put down tomorrow. Yeah, so. poor little guy. Uh, we love him, and uh, it's sad time. It's not gonna be the same without the little fellow mm-hmm. around, is it? It's not. But uh, on to a happier <laughs> note. Um, I don't know. What'd you like? What'd you like? I'm stacked in the wide receiver department currently. Um, I'll just go through my team one by one, and then you can go through yours. We can talk about it. Um, And then we can talk about uh, foul language dropped there first. Round one mock draft um, over the weekend, getting ready for fantasy sports leading up. So we'll talk about that a little bit too, but we'll start right here. Um, the Saskatoon Bean Fleckers. Great name. Great name. Um, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good about my quarterback situation. I drafted Tua. Um, I can tell you where I drafted him at. Um, maybe. History. Yeah, there we go. Um, I drafted him in the sixth round. So my, my thought there and you tell me what you think my thought there was you know i didn't get the quarterback that i wanted he was taken early um so i have tyree kill on my team i seen what you were able to do with that jalen hurts and aj brown stack last year so i kind of went with that role it was either going to be draft kirk cousins to have justin jefferson and kirk or draft tua to have tua and tyreek so i went with with tua there so i'm pretty satisfied with my quarterback right now yeah i mean i i 
I, again, I think the ceiling for two of this year is MVP. So if that happens, you're setting gold. I mean, you're you're setting in a great spot. And it, it it was amazing to me, and I think for a lot of you know redraft leagues or whatever have you, the amount of wide receivers that go now yeah. compared to you know five six years ago. Right. Just so many more. Everybody gets drafted. Everybody's I mean, throwing the ball now. I mean, what quarterbacks are doing nowadays is insane. Yeah. I mean, Jacoby Myers is the highest rated wide receiver we have on our uh, waiver wire. So I mean, it's. So many wide receivers get taken. Right. So you talk about your quarterback situation a little bit. You kept Jalen Hurts this I year. I kept Jalen Hurts because I thought it would be impossible for me to replace that production, you know, for value where I get where I would have to draft him at. And I didn't want to just drop him to pick him right back up in the first round. You know what I mean? So. Right. I feel I feel good about it. I also got Russell Wilson late, like twelfth round, something could like be that. A, that. Could, could be, be a, a good sneaky one. good pick this could year. Be. Sneaky good. My RB, my running back situation is where I'm I'm struggling a little bit, and it seems that's going to be a occurring reoccurring theme this year, I believe. I think it's going to be for a lot of people too, because running back production is so scarce in the NFL to have that one guy. Right, so my running back situation is a little questionable. Uh, RB1, Joe Mixon, RB2, Kenneth Walker up there in Seattle. Yeah, you took uh, Kenneth Walker early. I mean, he he showed some things last year. And that there's going to be some – defense are going to have to put so much resources into stopping that passing game. They got some dudes. Right, they got a great receiver core. Great DK, receiver Tyler court. Lockett, and JSN. Yes. I know you landed JSN. I did. So Late. Uh, uh, and I landed Jalen Hyatt, too. I got a lot in this rookie class. I do, too. I do, too. But moving on, your running back situation. Yeah. Um, so, I kept Austin Eckler. Um, but uh, I was able to add Brees Hall and uh, DeAndre Swift. And I also added uh, A-Chain from Miami. Okay. Uh, I, think the, I think the kid's going to be pretty good. He's a so, He's I so mean, fast. you see that, like, I think a lot of people are either going to have a couple of good guys at running back or they're going to have one really good guy and some guys that are okay. Right. I think it's going to be about the same for everybody. Right. So, and, and, and you get so many committees in the NFL, so many, so many two really, two really good running backs, you know, and it, it's hard to, who's going to get the touchdowns? Right. Well, with my first, staying in the running back department, with my first round pick, number 10 overall, uh, I was able to get Jameer Gibbs. So he was my C option. I knew A and B probably weren't going to get to me. It was Bijan, who was taken, I think, fifth overall. Yeah. And Amonra, who was taken, I think, sixth, sixth overall. overall yeah. So um, I drafted 10th. So it worked out good for me to be able to pick up Jameer Gibbs. And I think he's going to be such a force in that they you know they're saying that they might line him up at wide receiver a little bit and i he's a explosive he's an explosive playmaker and i gotta tell you i'm all in on that detroit offense oh yeah all in i, I think you're i think you're in damn good shape to be honest with you so I, I think he could have a lot of production in the passing game i think he'll have a lot of production you know he will be splitting time with monty in that backfield i, I do believe though i think david montgomery still got enough left in the tank to you know Make an impact. Make an impact for sure. It was a it was a good draft. I mean, I'm I'm happy with everything. I think the, we got a good good group of people. 
Absolutely. that we play with. And this is our main league, so we take it pretty serious. Yeah, 100%. How's your wide receiver situation looking? I've got – I'm pretty good. I mean, I've got Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Brandon Ayuk in the flex spot. I, I may have reached for Ayuk a little bit, um, but I, I just feel like for some reason he's taken over the wide receiver one in San Francisco. I don't, I don't think you would have got him if you waited. So, I mean, I think he was going to go off fairly high, probably the first four rounds is about mo- m- most drafts, I think, any way you look at it. I got him right at that 2-3 turn. So yeah. uh, um, I got A.J. Brown, uh, Mike Williams, Christian Watson. Uh, of course, I said earlier I drafted, uh, drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I also drafted Jalen Hyatt, who I have pretty high expectations for. He might be the fastest guy in the league. He might be. Very well could be. You're talking about, you know, the rookie situation. I got a little – I got some, you know, investments in some rookie wide receivers as well. I picked up the big man out in Los Angeles, Quentin Johnston from TCU. You've always liked that guy. I liked him since – I remember what, even in even in the national championship. He was a bright spot on that on very that team. bad <laughs> yeah. game. But um, another one that I picked up that I've been high on since the draft, just because of who his quarterback is, is Justin Ross out in Kansas City. Yeah. The dude's big. Yeah, he can fly. He can fly. He's got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. What's not to like about that I situation? I think it's a good pick, solid pick. And then I picked up, went from two big dudes to the little man down in Dallas, Deuce Vaughn. You got the Deuce, I huh? picked up Deuce. You buying in? Maybe. I mean, why not? You said it the other day. Darren Sproles did it. Darren Sproles done it. Done it at a high level. I For mean, a while. And there's something to like about guys who shouldn't be in the league. Right. You know, like He's I said, Zach Thomas, camp too. my favorite player of all time, shouldn't have been in the league. Right. Not good enough. Not big enough. Not fast enough. Not strong enough. Keep Just at the that. Hall of Fame. Keep saying it while they're running by you. Running over you. And then I was able to, I was telling Matthew on the phone earlier, I wanted to buy into that Green Bay offense a little bit because for a while when Aaron Rodgers left, it was like Green Bay's fucked. Green Bay's done for. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, if Jordan Love comes in and is the starter for, say, the next 15 seasons, it's the craziest thing to probably have ever happened in sports. Would you agree? It would show that. Those people in Green Bay are making some pro gamer moves. That's for I sure. mean, for real. And but you see, I done the same thing. I got Christian Watson. See, I picked up Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. So or Dubs. Well, one or of Dubs? us is going to be right. One of us will Dobbs. be right. It's yeah. Dobbs. So Dobbs. One of us is going to be right. Yeah. I don't know who got Aaron Jones, but um, I think Matthew got Aaron Jones. So Matthew, I saw Matthew picked up Nick Chubb in the first round. He did, yeah, got old chubby Nick. He that's that's who he wanted. Thick Chubb. Thick Chubb. No, so <clears throat> I mean, are are you satisfied with your team? And going forward, I mean, what are you what are you looking, what are you looking at? What do you think is your strongest part of your team? I'm my strength is in my balance. I'm not stacked at any one thing, but I have solid dudes at every every position. And I think that in a good league where you got people that actually know what they're doing, you're not going to have a team that's just head and shoulders above everybody. And that's what we got. We got really good league group of people that play, know what they're doing, and take it seriously. And 
it's, I think it's going to make for an exciting year. I don't see anybody blowing this away. Like, for the past two years, I've got to 10 wins both years. Yeah. And I just, I'm not so sure that's going to happen this yeah. year. I think I think the end, I think the playoffs will be filled with a lot of eight win seven win teams. I would like to look at the team who finished last last year, uh, Marvin Gage's dad, and compare his team this year to last year's team because he improved. He improved. He improved big time. Um, you know he's got Dak Prescott at quarterback. Damian Pierce, who's going to be a stud. David Montgomery, who we just hey, that talked ball about. ball of Houston has to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. You're exactly right. How many right. times have I said that? You're exactly right. And, you know, Ashley's the perfect example. She bought into it last year. You're welcome. Uh, I knew it coming out of Florida. Remember I told you before the draft, I was like, this Damian Pierce kid is a wrecking ball. Yeah. He's going to be a stud. And we've seen what he done last year. He can be an RB1. Yeah. He's one of the ones that's coming in now that can actually do it. So, I mean, C.D. Lamb got C.D. in the first round. Amari Cooper, he's got Muth up there in Pittsburgh. Antonio Gibson, Michael Pittman, he's got a top three kicker in Evan McPherson. He's got a top three defense in Philadelphia. I mean, and he's got he's got great players on his bench. So, you look from last year to this year, if that was the bottom of the league, that's a tough team to beat. Yes, it's a tough team. And I'm, I'm looking right now, I mean – him and Matthew are pretty evenly matched for the first week. It'll I mean, be fun. I've got to play dad in week one. Yeah. Not looking forward to dad that. Dad had a good draft, didn't he? He did, but I think it's hilarious that I'm projected to beat him. We'll see. We will see. It'll be a tough one. It'll be a tough one. I mean, he's got a good team. Him, we'll see. Him taking Bijan in the first round shocked me. I didn't think he would do it, but it was, it was a, a good great pick. pick. It was a damn good pick. I mean, you know, that's a pick I feel good about, Kyle Pitts. Kyle I feel Pitts. like this is the year he's going to finally turn it on. What do you think about that Atlanta offense? I think it's, it should be pretty daggone good. It all rides on Desmond Ritter's yeah. shoulders. Yeah, but there's not that much pressure on him to be great. Right. He doesn't have to be great. I told you the other day, I'm all in on Artie Smith. That fucking mustache that he's got right now, that man has some class. He does. He's got a great mustache. How about mustache. Kirk Cousins' mustache? I love Kirk I said it in that post. He put the league on notice. All right. Kirk O'Chains is back with a Fu Manchu. It's glorious. It's over. It's glorious. He's going to throw for 6,000 yards, 65 touchdowns. Dang. It's going to be insane. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Still going to lose in the first round. Still going to lose in the first round of the playoffs for sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, they're not making the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, no way. So well, let's let's get into some fantasy talk. We've been over our teams. We're we've got the season coming up. We're why does the NFL do this to us? Why do they give us football for three weeks and then take it away for two weeks? Two weeks. Well, we do got we do got college starting. We do got college pacify this week. I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, for all you people out there dumb enough to do fantasy. I mean, you know it's a long ride. It's a long year. There's ups and downs. Cuss. Yeah. Throw stuff. It's like uh, Lint Biscuit was right, huh? Yeah. It's just one of those just fucking days. One of those days. fucking days. <laughs> you want to get up, you're like, man, I don't want to look at that injury wire. I don't want to see. Is this dude going to play? It's 12-15 and he's still... 
questionable. Game, I need to know. A game time decision might as well just be like a knife in my throat. Yeah. So we we released our round one mock draft. We did. Redraft, you know, PPR league. We're we're gonna go through this one through ten, and why we put who where we put them. Yes. Because we've done this together. We did. And I think it's a pretty solid list, if I'm being honest. Didn't have any complaints. I didn't have any complaints either. Hadn't heard any complaints either. Um, But if you do have some complaints, let us know. Because we would love, I would love to debate. Yeah, tell you to fuck off. Yeah, 100%. So we'll start at 10 and go to 1. We'll start at 10 and we put uh, mutually agreed that B. John Robinson is 10 overall in redress. Yeah, the the ceilings there. What's not to like? You got a young team, doesn't have much to prove. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to rely heavily on the run. Young quarterback. You got a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, can line up on the outside and run routes, can run inside, outside, zone schemes, zone zone reads, everything. Can do everything that you ask him to do. If he stays healthy, he's a top ten fantasy. He finishes in the top ten. The 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 potential for the volume on that offense of what everything he's able to do is what makes him a first round draft pick. Absolutely, and I mean, if if you've not drafted yet and you're coming up, you know, you can use this as as maybe something to help you draft along. I mean, I always tell everybody when they're asking, like, quality, uh, you know. Quality of touches is important, but quantity of touches. You get a guy like Nick Chubb, right, who doesn't get a lot of red zone touches, but he has such a high volume of touches. That's a solid pick. He's going to have a thousand. Right? The reason you steer clear of somebody like Jamal Williams, who had 18 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns last year, it's like, is that quality going to be there? Because the quantity's not there. Right. So, you know, you look at Bijan. The quality's there, the quantity's there, talent's there. He's got everything you want. That offense is going to be rolling at points. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, solid offensive line. Desmond Ritter can extend the plays. I like it. Like it down there in Atlanta. Hot Atlanta, baby. Hot Atlanta. Put a little Lezinski in. There you go, a little Monica Lezinski. Coming in at nine, we had Cooper Cup. Coming off of an injury, also coming off of a triple crown. You don't put Cooper Cup in this position unless you appreciate how good he has been. Right? I mean, I think that's the only reason he's at nine. Would you not agree? I agree. I agree. Uh, the, that, the thing that scares me, though, is, you know, it's still Matthew Stafford at quarterback. I know that. But that might be the worst team in the NFL. It might be the worst team in the NFL. But what do we just say? Ball's got to go somewhere. got to go somewhere. Cooper Cup's the best, probably the best at reading Finding the spots route in the zone. Running. He's a great route runner, but him and Matthew Stafford got it up here together. He knows that safety's here. This corner's playing soft. This is where I'm going to go. This backer's only dropping back eight yards instead of ten yards. I'm going to go right here. They got that down pat, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. He's going to get a lot of volume for the simple fact that he's the most talented player on that offense now. Without a doubt. It's going to be interesting to see. He was taking – a lot earlier than I thought he would be was Cam Akers in our draft. Um, I'm interested to see his bounce back if it happens. Yeah, he's got such talent. So much talent. An insane Can Matthew talent. Stafford stay healthy? 
Is Sean McVay really going to be motivated? Mm-hmm. Is Aaron Donald going to be motivated? We know Sean McVay has, what is it, waiting on him at, at is it Amazon offered him? Yeah. How, mu- how many ever hundreds of millions of dollars to come? And it was like they won their Super Bowl, and it's like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. Fuck I mean, it. Aaron Donald was going to retire. I think I, that could be the worst team, like you said. But Cooper Cup is still an elite talent. Without Cooper Cup could go anywhere and start. Absolutely. Anywhere. No doubt about it. So at eight, we had Saquon Barkley up there. Danny Dimes. If I have any complaint about that, is it feels low. It does feel like low. Saquon, Saquon's going to have a year, man. I'm telling you. He quietly had a fucking unbelievable year last year. He's going to have a year. And that Giants team is going to be good. It's going to be good. And that's the reason I bought into Jalen Hyatt. I made the mistake of saying that Danny Dimes is the worst quarterback in the league last year. Well, he kind of proved me wrong. But let's keep going. Let's see. I think he's going to. How they are at full go. I love Dayball. I love Barkley. Jalen Hyatt, fastest man in the league, maybe. You know. I think that if they can keep from turning the ball over, keep the ball in Saquon's hands, and this is exactly what we talked about with the quantity. He's got the quantity because you want to take that ball out of Daniel Jones' hand and put it into Saquon Barkley's hand because he's the best player on your football team. Yep. And adding Darren Waller to that offense. Waller could have a big year, man. Waller could have a big year. He stays off the crack and he stays healthy. We'll be doing good. (laughs) Darren Waller did not need that shot. Okay. Was it crack or was it it was pills or whatever? It was something. He was fucked up on something. Fucked up. Yeah. Anyways, at seven we have another newly signed halfback down over west of us out in Las Vegas is Josh Jacobs at seven. Yeah, I mean talent, man. Pure talent. And has the ability to completely take over a game. I mean, I've seen, You've seen it. it. I've seen it <laughs> personally. First hand. You know, just, just really talented in an offense that is kind of balanced. And Jimmy G coming in makes it a more balanced offense. Do you agree? I agree. He can make the throws. Um, he's not going to turn the ball over. And it's going to be a run-heavy offense, even with Devontae. It's going to be a run-heavy offense, and I think that's what they want out there. Uh, wear teams down. Keep – off, think about the offenses in that division, right? They're going to have to keep them off the field. And it's what's a tough the, division. What's the best way to do that with a running game? That is a tough division to have Very to play tough. in. And but you've got to put, like you just said, you've got to put the ball in the best player's hands. Well, I mean, it's Devontae Adams, but. Look, Devontae's going to get his touches. No doubt about it. Okay, but Jacobs is going to get his touches, and this is going to be a, a run first team. I'm telling you. How long do you give Josh McDaniel? If they bomb this year, he's gone. He's made some bad choices. Yeah. There's been no doubt about it. So let's just say that everything goes good. The ceiling for this team is not extremely high no. because the AFC is so strong. Especially so, their division. But what you do have when you draft somebody like Josh Jacobs is he got a one-year deal. He's not ready to retire. He's wanting that money. He's right. wanting a long-term deal. He goes for fifteen, sixteen hundred all-purpose yards this year. He's going to get his money, absolutely. Whether it's at, whether it's with uh, Las Vegas or not. So you got a guy highly motivated to get going early and keep going. You want him to stay healthy. Good offensive line. I like it. 
I like Josh Jacobs. Well, right there, we can just keep going with the Raiders because at six, we've got Devontae Adams. Yeah, and that feels low. It does, don't it? It feels low. It feels low, but, I mean, our top five is hard to com- hard to complain about. I mean, we just talked everything. At Jimmy G, Jimmy G is capable of having a 1,000-yard receiver. No doubt about it. Is it really a step backwards to go from Derek Carr to Jimmy G? Like, is it a major step backwards I'm not for, gonna for s- production I'm- for – Devontae. I'm not going to say right now that it's a major step back, but I'm going to say watch out for Derek Carr this year. Oh, I agree. Derek Carr's pissed off. But I, I'm saying on that offense, is it really going to – the production, is it really going to change from last year to this year? I don't think it will much. I think a lot of it rides on the shoulders of Josh McDaniels. I think yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the problems that the Raiders could p- potentially face – be forced upon themselves by themselves, if that makes sense. How do you face your problems when your problem is your face? That's true. That's <laughs> well, uh, what's the uh, Mark Davis? His problem is not it's his, his face, hair. it's his hair. <laughs> Psychopath haircut he's got. He's a fucking billionaire. Anyways, at five, we've got the cheetah down there in South Beach at Tyreek Hill. No list would be right without him in the top five. He could really go. If Tua stays healthy all year, he could actually go for 2,000 yards. The reason I'm not just willing to jump out and say he's automatically going for 2,000 is because everything I'm hearing about Jalen Waddle, man, it's not that Tyreek's that, not that good. It's that Jalen Waddle's that good. That's good, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean – what it would you rather Tyreek go for two thousand or would you rather both of them go for seventeen? I'd rather both of them go for yeah, seventeen. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's no doubt about it. The explosiveness, he's the most explosive player in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. He has been since he joined the league and he still is. He's gonna be as long as he's there. Yeah. Right. He's so, gonna be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be he's the only player in the league that and this is not a shot at Tua, you know I love Tua, but he's the only player in the league that can turn a four-yard pass into a sixty-yard touchdown. Yeah. yeah. At any point in time. And I mean, no matter what you think, you love him, you hate him, you know he's that good, and he's going to get his touches. And watch out. Yep. Watch out for those dolphins. At four, we got your boy Austin Eckler out there in Los Angeles. Yeah. And we talked about guys who you just don't look at and there's just not much to like, right? I mean, he's he's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the biggest. This guy's just a football player. And his pass-catching ability, arguably, since he's been in the league, he's the best pass-catching back in the league. Yeah. And that's – think you think Christian – you think pass-catcher, you think Christian McCaffrey. Right. Dude, it's been Austin Ackler. Absolutely it has. And I just got a feeling that Justin Herbert's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder this year because he played so bad last year. He got that new contract. He's rich now. He's got something to prove. Yeah. You know, the Chargers are going to charge. Going to charge right to a first-round playoff loss. Yep. Right beside <laughs> Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Lions. That's right. So at three, we've got Jamar Chase. And we talked about this one for a little bit, of where, who should go here. 
okay? Because I feel like the top three are kind of interchangeable. They're close. They're, They're all really close. close. So at three, we've got Jamar Chase. And, and I would like to start off by saying buy into the high-powered offense. Anybody oh. that you can get. And obviously, this is the best player on the whole team. Um, it might be Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's probably the best player on Cincinnati. But Jamar Chase is – what I'm trying to say is buy into the good offenses. This is a good offense. And this is the best player on a good offense. So they're going to put up a lot of points, a lot of points. And that in, that AFC North, the defenses in the AFC North are not what they once were. So there's still some pretty good ones. But, you know, the, I think that when you look at, at him and what he's capable of doing, another potential 2,000-yard receiver, we're going to get one. Absolutely. And it's probably going to be one of these top six guys this year. Yep. I got a feeling. Uh, and what you like about Jamar Chase is who he's got throwing the football. He's got T. Higgins on the other side who doesn't take away from his production. They've got a great running back. Great running back. The offensive line is it's, it's suspect a little they bit. They did add Orlando Brown, yeah. which was huge. We talked about how stupid it was for Kansas City to let him walk. But well, I think that there's just nothing. there's nothing to argue. He's that good. And barring injury, day? barring injury, he could be the best wide receiver in the league. Yep. Hooday. Um. Exactly. Hooday, baby. Hooday Nation. At two, we've got Christian McCaffrey, best running back in the NFL. Still. Still. I mean, on that with with Kyle Shanahan. Oh, oh man, as a football fan, it's scary. Man, it's, this is year two of it as well. It's yeah. like I'm so excited. It's only going to gonna get better. It's only going to get better if he stays healthy. Purdy's able to make some throws and keep some pressure. Just be keep, a facilitator. Keep, keep, keep the linebackers honest. Yep. Keep them honest. Keep the secondary honest. And this dude is so explosive. He can, like you was just saying, you could turn, you could turn any moment into a massive touchdown and he's got it he's got it all he can he's, even throw a scary. touchdown he can even throw him. yep we've seen it happen he's last scary. year he's scary <laughs> watch out i mean Except for that little white boy like i just said you buy into the good offenses this right good it's offense. why i took iuk as high as i did it's why kittle got kept it's why debo was a second round pick first round pick maybe uh, second round, I'm pretty second sure. Round, yeah. I mean that that whole offense. You buy they got a great offensive line. They've got great wide receivers. They've got a great tight end. They've got a great running back room. Everything about we talked about teams earlier that are complete. The 49ers are complete if Brock Purdy can facilitate. Yes. That's all he has to do. Yeah. He doesn't have to he throw to for five thousand yards. That's all he has to do. Yeah. And he showed last year that he can do it. So. Everything coming out of camp is that he – well, you've seen Shanahan said he would literally have to melt in camp to lose the starting job there. We've seen Trey Lance get sent to Dallas, something we didn't really talk about. They're all in on Purdy. They're man. all in on Purdy. And the guy that's going to reap the benefits the most from that is Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. No doubt about it. So we've got J.J., Jay Jettas, Justin Jefferson at number one. Best player in football. Best, Best non-quarterback in, in football. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, the dude could go for 2,000 yards. Yeah. 
I mean, and and you don't you look at it as a fantasy owner, and you're not scared that Kirk Cousins is the one throwing in the ball. You like it. Yep. You like it. You think, man, let's let's just do what we done last year. Yep. What was it? Eighteen hundred yards 1800. last year. Eighteen hundred, and the craziest catch in NFL history, maybe. Yeah. I mean. The dude, there's nothing to not like about Justin Jefferson. Adding T.J. Hawkinson just helped Justin Jefferson. Losing Dalvin Cook helps Justin Jefferson. Everything Kirk's mustache, gotta help Justin Jefferson. Well, it'll make him moister. Absolutely. He'll be slick. He'll be slicker. He'll be able to get over his brakes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jay so Jets is the king. It's he's the guy. He's number one overall. There's no doubt about it. Use this list to help you draft. If you've got a draft coming up, let us know. Hopefully you don't lose. <laughs> if you if you if you go by our choice, our our list here, and you lose, we're not responsible. Not responsible. Not responsible. But what was that? About an hour and a half. That wrap it up for you. That wraps it up. Wraps it up for you. Wraps it up for me. We appreciate you coming back. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with college football. College football. College football will be all the way back. All the way. It's gonna be exciting. Like in your granddaddy's late. People. That's right. Who do you think is gonna win it all this year? Them dogs. Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tulane Green Wave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.